0: Today's guest on Fashion for All, the Smart Glamour podcast is Stephanie Malik, aka Bella Bombshell. Stephanie falls under the model category of types of guests we'll be chatting with on the podcast. I'll let her introduce herself properly. We touch on Stephanie's start as a model, her social media career, fat phobia in the media, and her advice for folks who want to start modeling or working in social media professionally. Enjoy our conversation. Hi there. Hi. Hi. Thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) Could you please uh, introduce yourself? My name is Stephanie Malik, or you may know me as Bella Bombshell on Instagram.
0: Nice. And what would you say you do on Instagram?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What do I do? Waste hours just scrolling? That's what I do mostly. (laughs) But... um, I am a content creator. I also am a social media manager for other accounts, which is more of a new, recent thing. And mm. I'm a plus size model professionally as well.
0: Wonderful. So one of the things that I ask everybody who um, falls under my model category here is whether or not they consider to call themselves a model. Which you just said that you did. Um, <laughs> why do you call yourself that? And like, when when did you start calling yourself that?
1: I do call myself a model. I think there was always a discussion between like a model and an Instagram model. Like those were two separate categories, but I consider myself to be both and neither to be better or worse than the other. And I think I probably started calling myself a model when I got signed to an agency, but that happened pretty quickly in my like career as a model, which was pretty much probably, I didn't expect that to happen, but Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think that that is the determining factor to call yourself. I think, you know, if you start putting yourself out there and that's what you want to do and you're taking photos, you're practicing, you're working with photographers and you're posting you can call yourself a model, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, I think that was how I started to call myself that with the agency bringing me in.
0: That's fair. Um, and you've been modeling for me, for Smart Glamour, since very, very early. That only thing you, you missed was the very first launch because then you modeled for summer 2014, which was the second thing I ever did. Yeah. Um, had you done a lot of modeling prior to that or no?
1: I'm trying to think. I know when I first was starting out, I was doing a lot of like free fashion shows that I just found out in the mix, like people posting online. It's kind of like once you start to get into the, especially the plus size circle, it seems like you hear about this thing and then you start this thing. So I was doing a lot of just free, um, curvy, I was in like a loving curves collective. I don't even know what that was, but like (laughs) I feel like I started there. and they put me in, like, a little shoot in a fashion show, and I kind of just kept rolling with it um, mm. in more, I guess, like, you would say volunteer or, like, promotional opportunities. Um, but not too many photo shoots when I first, like, shot with you.
0: Mm, okay. Um, and then when was it that you got signed? It, did you get signed for commercial print, or what was the category?
1: I was signed for fit modeling and also print modeling. Mm. And um, I I sort of bounced around a little bit too. Like there was a new agency that was forming and they brought me in and then they ended up not really continuing their business. And then I went with um, an agency by Coastal Management, which is still one of my agencies. They were mine in the beginning. And now that I'm non-exclusive, I have a couple different ones. So, but they're still... Mm around as my my people. <laughs> and maybe for
0: somebody who doesn't know, um, could you explain the difference between when you're signed and it's exclusive versus when it's not exclusive?
1: Sure. So exclusive is usually what an agency will try to push in the beginning um, when you're first working with them, or maybe you're a new model because they want your complete, pretty much allegiance to them. Every job that you will get will be, through them or you will have to kind of bring to them. Um, so they are really in charge of getting you all your jobs, all the money and the percentage. And um, I feel it's more beneficial to be non-exclusive because you can get a lot of work on your own, which I often more than way more than half of the things I do is just on my own. And mm-hmm. um, you can also have multiple agencies. So I have multiple agents in New York non-exclusively. So I have more people working for me. So I, I always say that models should try to be non-exclusive.
0: My past experience another lifetime ago, I I agree as well. Um, I think it just, it helps, um, to have, you know, the more, more people that are trying to get your name out there, the better. um, Yeah. And gives you flexibility as well. Um, and I obviously know what you look like, but in case someone is only listening to this and they don't know what you look like, could you describe your appearance?
1: Like so hot, like the hottest. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> Sexy, amazing, like Kim Kardashian. Just kidding. Um, some people might not even like that. I'm a true blue, like Kardashian fan. I don't care. So um, <laughs> I'm plus size. I'm a plus size model. Um, I... Um brunette I'm a, my background is mostly italian um mm-hmm. and i'm not even a lot of people like here model and assume that i will be tall but i'm really like the five six five seven range so i always try to advocate for people that you certainly can photograph a lot taller and also there are a lot of opportunities for models um height is not the big requirement a lot of people used to think that Mm -hmm. and um yeah I don't know curvy girl long hair fake hair I'm always faking (laughs) it (laughs) I'm always trying to have my hair be longer and thicker so fake it if you need to um no shame in that game and uh yeah I wear well I wear for you like usually size 1x or like I'm usually 14 16 Mm -hmm. in that range yeah, I think that, that's a good. <laughs> that's sure. a good uh,
0: explanation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I went too far. From... It's always interesting to see what people will say when I ask them that question. I never thought of it <laughs> as like that interesting of a question, but it is. It's interesting. Everyone gives some um, such varied answers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is which is great. Uh, yeah. and it's also just interesting to see to hear um, different ways that people will describe themselves, and sometimes other people have like added in what other people think that they look like Like i'm like oh, oh. describe yourself and they're like well this person thinks that i am you know abc and i'm like well i, I didn't ask what that person what thinks think you <laughs> <we> look like <laughs>
1: yeah
0: but you know um such is society so i get it <laughs> hmm. okay so before i go into the instagram stuff which i definitely want to talk about um pre- starting to model, what was your relationship, if any, with, with fashion, whether that be like um, your interest in clothing for yourself, or even just like an interest in maybe the fashion industry in some way, um, and also uh, body image and, and all that kind of stuff, like pre-starting to model?
1: Sure. Yeah. I never was looking to go into modeling, or I never even knew too much about plus-size modeling. Like, it wasn't really like a thing I don't think like when I was you know growing up like I'm turning 35 this year oh god so Mm -hmm. I'm trying to like say it out loud more and just like be real about who I am (laughs) and just be like okay I look I like the way I look like I shouldn't be ashamed to get older so anyway tangent but um it makes sense because I feel like growing up you know people that are growing up right now they know about plus size modeling, they're seeing different role models. I don't feel that I really had that. And I don't feel I had a lot of fashion options, unfortunately. So I feel like I was always trying to squeeze into, you know, the XL of like Forever 21. And like I had a bad I had a hard time finding clothes that I really liked. I was more just buying something because it fit me. And I was like, well, it fits me, so I better just like get it. Mm-hmm. Um and I was always interested in theater and acting. And so that was really the path that I was trying to go on. And then I had taken some pictures and headshots and someone on Facebook reached out to me about going into plus size modeling. So it sort of just Mm. happened in that way. I wasn't, um, you know, seeking it out. Um, And then and also, you know, I went through a ton of struggles with my body, you know, eating disorders and everything and therapy and programs. And um, so I really was not happy with my body for many, many, many years And um, once I did become a part of the plus size community and the body positive community, I felt like they saved my life. Like, I feel like it was like, I feel so much more accepted. And I wanted to continue to go in the modeling route because I felt like at home, I didn't feel like I was competing with other body types. I felt like we were all celebrating each other. Everyone was so positive about looks and, as the fashion brands also got on board, I found my career was going in a successful way. Um, mm-hmm. As opposed to acting, I I still feel like the acting in the theater world, more so the theater world, I feel is not up to date with the body inclusivity thing. You know, mm-hmm. like TV and film, they're like doing, you know, they're doing better, but I still feel like theater is um, backwards, and especially sometimes it could be costuming. They're like we we have this these thousand dollar costumes that are four size two. So sorry, like that's it. Um, it's like so backwards in that sense, but I've heard. Mm-hmm. So I sort of let go of those auditions and things like that. And now, yeah, now I feel so much more comfortable in my body. I I try to push my limits and do different things to keep furthering that growth. And then I find myself cheering on a lot of other women and my friends and especially on the internet. And that just reiterates in me, those words. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like I'm doing it to help them, but also it's really helping me to, um, promote, you know, that positivity about what we're doing and how we look and just kind of keep us all together. So I feel lucky that I have this big community of support. Um, I think it really changes a lot for, for me.
0: Yeah. I think, um, the community is definitely something that gets brought up a lot by folks on this podcast, which makes a lot of sense to me because, um, you know, once you have people around you and they don't have to be physically around you, right. Especially, you know, now we've got social media and, and, you know, especially right now, (laughs) specifically not near as many people as we used to be. But when you curate this space online for yourself, um, where you can, see other people that you relate to and that um feel the same ways about things that you do it it really just like gives you like an extra push you know to like feel more safe in your own um feelings and like whether they be you know good feelings or bad feelings i feel um because you feel like you have this like proverbial um group of people to like fall back on or to cheer you on or to cheer you up or um to discuss things with you you know I think it really does make all the difference
1: definitely and it's just seeing all different types of people now online um you know even I just feel like we were just so warped in what was beautiful what were the standards of beauty magazines everything like we didn't even see above a certain size. So it's, it's good to see all sort of different ends of the spectrum now. So it, it, it makes you feel like, okay, I have a place in here somewhere too now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's important. And yeah, with fashion changing, thank God, like now, (laughs) you know, now I don't have to feel like, and I know that there are some people that still feel this way that their size is not represented. So I understand that and I'm grateful that I do have more options in my size, but obviously we have more work to do. Um, Mm -hmm. But I definitely like appreciate smart glamour that is certainly on board with that and wanting to include everyone because yeah, the, the feeling of, you know, shopping used to just be terrible. So, yeah, yeah.
0: Yes, yeah, it's this weird thing where like everybody wears clothes, so everyone should get them. I know yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> revolutionary so, thought <laughs> exactly, <laughs> so um, simple.
0: but I did also want to circle back to something that you mentioned, um that I think is important. you know, I think people who are still kind of wrapped up in diet culture don't want to be I think sometimes it can be frustrating um to think like. I wish that, you know, I could just like press a button and then I wouldn't feel this way about myself anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned about um, uplifting other people also in turn helps you because it is a process, right? There is no magic button where you just like love yourself every day, which honestly right. is not really even the goal. You know, the goal is just to live your life. And and have a sense of freedom and a sense of, um, you know, who I am right now is worthy of respect and um, accessibility to things and love and happiness um, without changing, you know. Um, And I think that when we extend those graces to other people, it does help reinforce that also to ourselves you know because we're a part of that too
1: (laughs) definitely and it's it is always still a little bit shocking to me when I do go outside of my like happy pluses and body positive world and I, Mm I interact with like people that haven't found um that support system or you know maybe they're it doesn't really matter honestly what their size is but they just haven't found this like revolution I feel and it's mm-hmm. like I hear them talk about their bodies and talking about diet and and it is like surprising to me because I'm always surrounded by everyone who sort of found themselves in a way and so <laughs> mm-hmm. I do try to change the conversation when I'm in a circle like I was at a party and Ever, you know, we were eating cupcakes. It was like a birthday party and it was people that I had just met, all different shapes and sizes. And they were talking about, oh, I have to go like work out or I shouldn't eat this, it's bad. Or, um, you know, I want to get rid of this little whatever they had. And then, like, then that spiraled into the next girl being like, okay, oh, well, if you're feeling like that, how should I feel about this? It was like, it was just like a domino effect, which I'm sure we've all sort of been in that situation before. But I feel now a little bit of an obligation to be like, okay, but like, you're awesome. You're perfect. You're beautiful. Like we shouldn't really be Mm -hmm. focusing on that. Let's talk about something else or, um, you know, focusing less on aesthetics in general and just Mm -hmm. amazing things your body can do for you. Also just your brain, your, your humor, your, you know, talents. So, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't always, you know, I used to be very obsessed with aesthetics and think that that was the way to get attention to have, Love to have um, success. I had to look a certain way, and it's easy to become obsessed with that. But yeah, it's surprising, which just means there's more work for like everyone to do, and more mm. stuff that we need to put out on the internet, and more messages because, you know, we're also in New York. You know, that's a very you know progressive like place, and so like people, I'm sure, in the middle of nowhere, maybe don't see these icons that. Are promoting body positivity, so, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. What you what you mentioned um about you know this like literally standing in a circle of of most of the time mostly women, like you know women, feminine people, mm-hmm. um, not binary people, um, and this just downward spiral starts of like oh I hate this about myself. Okay, well I hate this about myself, and here's the thing that I want to be different, and blah blah blah. Yeah, and um, I remember back pre man pre pre even me working in corporate fashion i was a cocktail waitress and one of my most favorite people to work shifts with because she was just like a ray of sunshine and delight and just such a kind person she was always talking about her her mentioning her family and she takes care of her mother and just like just truly an incredible person but she was obsessed with talking about her body in negative ways and i got so tired of it i mean like it's what it's it's one thing, of course, to have some insecurities and to have a conversation with your friend where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, man, I'm really feeling ABC. And that's that's one thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, truly obsessive, you know, 75% of what comes out of your mouth is bad, you know, bad yeah. things about the way you look. And um, it got to the point where I was like, listen, um, I love you. I'm not going to participate in this. (laughs) So if you want to talk about this, you're going to have to do it with somebody else. I'm putting up a boundary. Um, I'm not going to talk to you about this. You can talk to me about literally anything else. And she kind of laughed. And then (laughs) the first time, the next time she did it, I just walked away from her. And, um, (laughs) you know, it works in the environment where we're cocktail waitresses and like, I can just go do another thing. But like, uh eventually she stopped talking about it to me. And, you know, does that mean that it erased her insecurities? No, but I hope it at least was just like, oh, I can talk about other things. Like there are other parts of me that this person values more than
1: the size of my thighs. <laughs> right. And you do have to protect yourself. I've had friendships, too, the same way. Like, I'm like, I always find myself talking to this person about they're like even about other women like their favorite thing would be like to pick apart like someone else Mm -hmm. and then it's like I find myself going down that road or listening and I'm like wait I have to recognize that like that's not who I want to be and that's not what I want to do so I have to put some distance there to protect myself from Mm -hmm. then being you know more critical so it's yeah you have to same with like someone who's always down and depressed like you can't You try to help them, but then you also have to help yourself if you are being affected.
0: Right. Absolutely. So let's switch switch gears a little bit and talk about um, the work that you do with social media. So, I mean, I've basically, like, watched this happen, right? (laughs) When you were since 2014. So, like, when do you feel like your social media accounts changed from being, like, oh, this is my social media, this is my Instagram, and I have, a, you know, a decent amount of followers, and I post my model pictures to it, changing into, like, this big thing that's growing, and, and you have more and more and more followers. I mean, you have, like, half a million followers right now at this point, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and, like, and then, and then that becoming, like, something that you could actually focus on as a career.
1: I know, that's a good point, because I can't even really remember the exact time but i do i always say to people that i feel like when they hit like 10k is like when they could like get sponsored but really you can do it at any time um Mm -hmm. but i think i i'm trying to think like I, i i definitely know i was like faking it for a little while too like i would reach out to companies and just be like like little known like not really well known places and be like oh would you like give me a dress and I'll like photograph it and all this stuff and I was just like I was acting like I was being paid for things but I really wasn't Mm -hmm. or I would just buy stuff and um, tag the brands you know like I was watching other influencers how they would do it but I Mm -hmm. for a while I had I had Instagram from you know the beginning of Instagram but Mm -hmm. I didn't know that you could make money off of it like I would see people like talking about making money and I'm like how do you I don't understand. I was like, I don't get it. Like, I was like, how are you making money? I understood like YouTube through like views you would get. So I didn't get at the time that people were, companies were were paying you directly just to, Mm. like I thought like people, when they said they made money from Instagram, it was like from the app directly. So I didn't really get it. And then once I started to figure it out and then I started to just make goals for myself like i'd be like okay by the end of this year i want 100k now the next year i want 200k and like i just started making it like a project for me i guess i wanted to grow and i would research different ways to do it and i would just be consistent with my content and um yeah i guess just like talking more with other people how they would get sponsors and then i think once your account becomes more noticeable people reach out to you directly and uh, and offer you these things Mm -hmm. um and so yeah I just started to see more and more possibilities and um started to go after it um and now is even sort of a little bit of a new crossroads um that I have like a social media manager that I just brought on board to like Mm -hmm. help me and also sort of change my page in a way that may make me like more money like there um there are things about things that I love to post that maybe I need to include more lifestyle so that I could get a sponsor. Like I have mostly, I I would say a lot of fashion, maybe beauty here and there, but if I posted more about lifestyle, then you could get food sponsors and, you know, Mm -hmm. all these different things. So it's kind of like I'm in a shift where I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate new things, but also stay true to like what I like. So I'm Mm -hmm. trying to, um, Figure that out, and I think it's just, of course, obviously the algorithm's like always changing too, so it's like you never know what works or something that did work doesn't work anymore. So it's a lot of just yeah, trial and error. And um,
0: you were lovely enough to come talk to my Parsons class a few times about uh, your social media work, and I'm just curious if or not curious, I was just wondering if you could explain a little bit about like the different kinds of partnerships that do exist. So like um, the, the setups that you create with the brand. So like, like, yeah, what like different packages or I don't know the word.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing I've changed in my vocabulary is like a lot of people want to say, Oh, you get free stuff or, Oh, this is just for free clothing or services. But, No, nothing is actually free. It's Mm -hmm. in exchange for promotion if you would like to, if there's no like monetary values being exchanged. It's, so that's one way you could do it in exchange for promotion. So a clothing brand may be like, I want to send you clothing. Or I've got, a lot of times I've done just in exchange for promotion is like, I stayed at a hotel or I got like a service like Botox or whatever. Um, (laughs) So those sometimes will be like, because like those things cost a lot of money or whatever it is. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. so usually you are um, posting for them, taking photos, you may put shout outs on story, swipe up, whatever you decide to do. Or there's also some brands that will just ask you to photograph yourself in the clothes that they can use the pictures for their website or for their social and you don't have to post it. So that's like, uh, mm. that's a new thing that's been happening a lot also. Um, do you see a, a, a uptick in
0: that, like during COVID specifically?
1: Hmm. Not specifically, okay. but that would make sense for sure. But, uh, yeah,
0: then they don't have to produce a whole shoot and, and like deal with, um, COVID safety precautions, they can send their clothes to somebody who they trust to take good photos of them.
1: Yeah, I think people did do that though because I I noticed on like ASOS website or like other other brands, they do have pictures of girls just like in their house um, Mm -hmm. as the like Mm -hmm. main marketing image. So I think people did that. I just wasn't in the loop of that, I think. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But so then obviously you can also have everything on your Instagram page be a price, you know, a story, a couple stories, a swipe up, a highlight, which is the saved story on your page. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple of um, dedicated image posts that are permanent. Maybe they're not permanent. Maybe it's a swipe of a couple. So you kind of can set your prices however you would like. Most people do it by either the following or how many likes or your engagement. But actually what I'm seeing more and more now is that the following is used to be kind of like, you know, the end all be all. But I do see people getting sponsored that they just really love their look and their personality and they love how they take their images so they could have less followers. But they just they just believe in the person or they believe in how much engagement they have. Like you may have a lot of followers, but Mm -hmm. you have not as many people or not as many women or whatever it is that they want to market. So the other type of relationship you could also have would be like an affiliate marketing sort of thing. So you get a special code or a special link and you would be paid a percentage of every purchase that goes through that code or that link. Mm -hmm. Um, So you may not get paid up front. I tend to not do those, but maybe I don't know if that's the right advice, but I just find that I'm not, I'm not really a salesperson. Like I'm not trying really to be. And I feel like if you want, you know, see what I'm doing and you like it and you go and purchase it fine. But also like, I don't know if I want to keep pushing people to like, you have to use this or like just re- reminding them or. Hmm. I also I don't know if I trust like companies like unless I'm tracking it like will mm-hmm. they tell me the real thing I don't know like sometimes I just like mm. that's sometimes fair I just don't go in that route like I'm happy to give my followers like a discount code like I'm I'm cool with that like obviously but I don't need to get like a kickback I'd rather just be paid up front because sometimes mm-hmm. people will all, like I I'm guilty of this like I'll see my friend post An outfit I really like and then I don't go to the website until like three months later but I remembered it from that and then I don't remember the code I don't remember what she did and I'm like so I don't know I just find that I don't know if people are instantly purchasing based on your one post it may take time and sometimes brands want to track you based on the affiliate things but I find that's not an accurate way to track like what you what you've created for them i guess Hmm.
0: yeah i think at least from um the opposite end of that spectrum not that i do much uh uh, influencer work because i just don't have any funding um but (laughs) but i think just in general like when you're thinking about it from the business side um of the same coin um you you have to decide what your goals are right like if you're gonna do some kind of ad Um, what are you looking to get out of it? Are you looking to get directly sales? Are you looking to just increase your brand awareness to people? Are you looking to get followers? Like there's lots of specific goals to set as like what counts as like a conversion for you. And then therefore you might set up something differently. You know, Um, I have affiliate codes through Smart Glamour, but I use them Um, not necessarily for, uh, influencer work, even when I've done it in the past, but more so as like, I give every single one of my models a code if they want one, um, as just a way for them to, uh, get even more out of deciding to model for me. So like, you know, I give them these photos if they do want to share them, they can then give out a code if they want. And this is like, you know, uh, in case somebody doesn't know, smart glamour models are not only models like Stephanie who have, um, you know, multiple agents and have a million followers. Smart Learner models are also people who have never had their picture taken before in their life and have, you know, four Instagram followers right. and don't consider themselves a model. So it's not in, it, at my end, it's not really about, um, you know, tracking people's conversions with their, with their affiliate codes. It's more just like a way to, offer as much as I can as a self-funded small business to the people who lend me their likeness. So, yeah, um, yeah. I think there's just lots of ways to set things up. And it depends both on the business and on the um, influencer who's who's clearly doing a lot of work.
1: Right. <laughs> and yeah, sometimes you do things as an influencer like, oh, if I get posted on their page, it will be good it'll be good exposure for me so i want to do it or i've Mm -hmm. really wanted you know a jacket and i'm like hey i really want this jacket so like you want to work together just so i can get that (laughs) or like you know um or i believe in the company you know like smart car i believe in the message so like i or like you said you also get photos sometimes um if you Mm -hmm. work it depends like i guess that's more like a, a shoot you're gonna do but um yeah like you said there's all different types of things Mm
0: -hmm. um and would you so like i know from my end um and i i can't remember when i did this sometime recently i shared a a little bit in my story about this but do you have specific like absolutely do not (laughs) do this this way if you if you're trying to be an influencer like um you know like for, for for example the thing that drives me the most bonkers as a business owner is when um somebody will reach out to me to collab which is fine people do that all the time and and you know it's up to me whether or not I want to say yes or no Mm -hmm. but they'll say things like oh my god I love your brand and what you stand for and then like I can see in my notifications that they just started following me a minute ago (laughs) and then sent me that message and I'm like "Mm, you know I can see what you're doing and (laughs) and I don't believe you
1: (laughs) um so that
0: would be my tip to not to not do that but um on your end are there things that you see brands do or influencers do that you're like oh please don't do that
1: (laughs) you know like this really this is a very specific and weird thing but i cannot for the life of me understand when you when someone puts a video up Mm -hmm. and they don't hit a cover image they don't like pick what the cover is going to be and they just post the image and so it'll be like a white screen or it'll be a black screen i'm like how do you not know this like i'm like i don't get it like people that are like experienced influencers will like do this and i'm like that looks terrible obviously on your page like it's a white screen or it's blank or it's like black Mm -hmm. because like that's Mm -hmm. how the video starts obviously people are not going to click it because they don't know what it is it's like you can scroll, basically, if people don't know, you can scroll to pick, like, I think it says cover, and so you could scroll and you can pick it, and so then when it goes on your page, it will have that image, but obviously the the video will start from the beginning. But, yeah, that is something that just pisses me off, because I'm just like, how do you not know that this (laughs) looks terrible, and also no one's going to click on it, so that's a very specific thing. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I think (laughs) that Brands this is a weird thing that's going around, but I just think it's like robots that are commenting mm-hmm. on the page. Like they'll comment on your image and they'll be like, We really want to work with you, DM us. But mm-hmm. I think it's just a rope. So I never DM those people. I just ignore all those comments because I just think yeah. that they're like a robot thing. But there's been people that have been like, Don't don't write that on my page, but I'm like, I think it's I think Yeah, it's they're bots. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so I just don't take that seriously. Um things that i mean i don't know if there's do's and don'ts with like content specifically i think the best thing if you're trying to make it a business is to try to have as professional of a look that you can i mean that could also be your iphone just because they're pretty good cameras too um Mm -hmm. but just not i don't really think it's too professional to do like you know yourself in the mirror with this with the phone like you know it depends obviously but if your whole page is like that i think that's it's not going to present that professional, um, but mm-hmm. they should hire you for quality. And, you know, you kind of want it to look like um, not pictures of like you and your family, like eating pizza. I don't know. It depends like <laughs> it depends <laughs> where you're going with it. But, um, right. you know, whatever the concept is or what you're trying to market, it should be more professional, which is something I'm learning too. like sometimes I used to just want to put on my story that I'm out like drinking with my friends, but maybe I should, maybe I can't, or, you know, like maybe I should shift to everything on my story. Also being part of the business mm. and maybe not mm-hmm. as personal of like, I'm at a party. So it is mm-hmm. learning where you want to go with it. Maybe you do just want to have it as I get a couple sponsors here and there and that's it. Or maybe it's like, this is totally for business and that's all it's going to be. Mm hmm. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think that's just good advice. Um, in general, it, even like even if you're, you know, using your Instagram for a totally different kind of business, you know, like, like, you know, me, I sell clothes or like, anybody who who has some kind of business, and they're trying to use the social media for it, I think it, it is very important to be clear with yourself on like, this is the kind of content that I'm posting. And like, here is the bar for like, what gets posted and what doesn't and it Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that everything you post needs to be you know professionally shot and cost you thousands of dollars i mean especially now like you mentioned with how good camera phones are and there's like you know a million apps like really look into it and think about yeah why you're posting what you're posting and then every time you think to post something you know ask yourself like does this make sense with what i'm trying to do here you know i think it's always important to keep your goals in mind like I mentioned before even with ads like what are you what are you even trying to get out of this out of this account you know
1: (laughs) yeah that's totally true I used to be so I mean I'm still trying to get over this but like I when I was growing it was helping me to post like sometimes three times a day so I was always posting 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 so like I got on a schedule where at least I posted once a day but now that I am trying to curate more of a message and like you said what's the goal of this um and create I have to stop myself a little bit and try to go for the quality over like the quantity of every single day Mm. and I mean I'm not I'm not ashamed to admit but I'll I'll admit that like the lack of attention on a day that I don't post I notice it and I I want it (laughs) like it's like You know, it's like a little, obviously it's like, um, I don't know, endorphin boost or whatever you want to call it. I don't Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. um, that people are liking what you did, whatever it might be. Um, there is something about that, that I, I became used to. So in some days when I, when I don't post, I feel that, I don't know, but I do think it will be beneficial that you don't need, you know, you don't have to post every single day. You can um, try to curate what you're putting out there. Spend more time on the captions. You know, mm-hmm. edit with those apps and different things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's important for literally everyone, whether you're using social media as a business tool in any kind of capacity, or you're just using it for your personal reasons, to keep in mind that, like, in the scheme of the world, social media is very new, mm-hmm. and we don't really even know all the ways that it can affect us Um, on a very surface level. I think a lot of people do know that, you know, the apps were created to give you these notifications so that you keep coming back to them. And like, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a reason why most of the post reactions are likes because then you feel like you are liked. Yeah. (laughs) And that feels good. And so you want to keep having that feeling and and that's you know it's all in it's all um on purpose that's that's not by accident so yeah but but like with anything in my opinion it doesn't mean that you have to completely get rid of it and throw it away um it's just good to be aware and to have knowledge that that's what's happening so that you can then be more active and um aware of the choices and decisions that you make you know, just like being, you know, better informed.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And That mm-hmm. makes me feel a little better too that I'm so like <laughs> addicted in a way. But yeah, I think um, there are a lot of positives to social media and a lot of negatives. So it's like there's both. Um, and like you said, just being aware. So I, I like I'll never believe in the side that people may take that it's like it's so negative and it's gonna mess you up and your self image and not saying that it it can't but I also have seen the positive positive self-image I've been able to get from it and a lot of other people so I think Mm -hmm. that to me is worth it in a way in my opinion just to also bring to light all different types of people and role models and like bodies and backgrounds and whatever it is like it just besides it being a way for people to make money that's also great um (laughs) <laughs> I think that um, since we have the control, in a way, obviously, there's some like censorship and stuff that goes on that we mm-hmm. can't control. But um, I think it's positive, mostly. I
0: don't know. Yeah. And I think it, it it's about literacy with it. Right. You know, like the word literacy pre the Internet was mostly about like being able to read. But literacy, when you think about social media is like being aware of how these apps work and how to use them and how to best use them. You know, like we were mentioning earlier about our little body positive bubbles that we live in. And then what happens when you step outside them? Well, we, we curated those bubbles, right? We made them. Right. So like you can actively choose what you follow and what you look at. You know, if you find something that's upsetting you, don't fo- like unfollow it. If it's an ad it. like there, there are actions that you can take to curate the online world that you live in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Like all the things they've come up with, like the mute and like, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. I know for sure people like take the app off their phone if they really need like a break. Um, And um, yeah, I think it's, it's a good thing. And same for like influencers. I mean, Sometimes where you know I I, I've had a a ton of days where like we're taking photos and it's bringing us down. We don't like the way we look. Something's happening in our space where our head is not like going the right way, or you know the pictures we're taking. It's starting to make us feel bad. Or you're constantly looking at yourself can also be a time when you need to take a break and just Mm. be like, you know what, right now I don't need to be producing content anymore today. Like we're good. Or I'll come back yeah. to these images when my, like, head is in a better space. And, um, you know, that's another way that, um, you know, we're taking a break from it, too. So Yeah, I think that's a that's really good advice, honestly.
0: So as my last question here, what are, I'm sure there's multiple ways, but what are maybe one or two ways that you would like to see The fashion industry change and or the modeling industry change and or the social media business change. So you can pick whichever you want.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or should I say one for everything? I don't know. Right, That's fine also. Okay. Well, for sure, the social media thing I would like, or a couple things I would like to see change would be less censoring of women and their bodies and skin (laughs) and... You know women of size it seems to be that uh, we think there's some sort of skin recognition that is blocking the images so if you have more skin and you're in a bikini but you're not you know someone's a size zero and you're a size 18 that your image may be flagged quicker than um so that those are things i definitely don't like and i also um you know women's nipples are like whatever i don't know it seems like there should be more parental controls if that is what the reasoning is behind censoring like the women mm. the women's bodies but it doesn't seem like mm-hmm. because something I would also like to get rid of are dick pics being sent in the DMs or if you do send a dick pic then you there should be a way to report that person so that they get privileges taken away. Yes. Because yes if we're so worried about like possibly kids, like how many men could send this to any age person. So when obviously mm-hmm. there's no censorship really there at all, like all you, the only thing you could do is like block that person, but they should, they should have a number of strikes against them. You could literally maybe even screenshot what they sent you. So then you have proof. And then as they keep getting these strikes against them, they should be removed or, you know, yes. because I've gotten strikes against me. Like if I, I think one time I was doing a bra that was, like, a tape a tape bra, like, brassy bra, whatever. And um, they flagged me as if I was showing something, but I really wasn't. And it said, like, some of your privileges as, like, a content creator are going to be taken away. And I was like, okay, so I'm being penalized for things. But it doesn't seem that there's anything in the opposite end for, like, creeps and all that. Mm-hmm. So those are two big things I would like to see change um the fashion industry and fashion in general I mean you know there could always be more representation and more jobs available to I don't know all different types of people ages backgrounds Mm -hmm. we can always expand the sizing everywhere I don't know I guess that's with that but then Mm -hmm. modeling I mean, and also with influencing too, I mean, I, I I think the money could be better in those areas, mm. in those areas. And I, you know, there are some people that are living it up with money in those fields. And, but I feel there's still work to be done, at least for me and the people that maybe are on the same level as me. I don't know, but, um, better compensation and with, um, modeling as a plus size model, I would like to see more plus size women in um, other types of ads like it's starting to like beauty or you know but even a car like toothbrush yeah. you know toothpaste like whatever like more job opportunities for plus size models just not just fashion mm-hmm. ads
0: yeah i remember one time um, this just came up, came up in my facebook memories recently and reminded me a few years back I think maybe 2018, I think. I was watching TV and there was a random ad. I think it was for Target maybe, but it wasn't like a normal um like clothing ad. It was some it was targeted to moms and like the scene of the ad was like a mom running into a school to get the kid and blah blah blah. And just the mom happened to be a plus size woman and it wasn't about plus size fashion at all. It was like very like a mom school back to school kind of an ad, but the woman was plus size. And I was like this. Yes. Correct. Like, (laughs) like, you know, you you don't always have to cast people of different, uh, you know, quote unquote, marginalized identities and have it be about that. Like those people also do just everyday regular things
1: (laughs) totally and should
0: therefore be in the advertising for those things
1: yeah because also like we like bigger people also have hair wear shoes like (laughs) you know different (laughs) things like that we haven't seen but that was like also like i don't know when that show like Shrill came out and everyone was sort of like into it. I was like, but this is another show where she's talking about her body and her weight. Like couldn't she just exist as a human and not talk about that? Like mm-hmm. it was like right away. Like I'm not saying it wasn't a good show. Like and I enjoyed aspects of it, but I am ready to see just like a plus size person existing and thriving and not be trying to lose weight and not even not even comment on the body. Just be like Mm-hmm. I'm just living my life, like
0: that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that show is a is a very specific example because it's based on a book. Okay, and so like, um, it's based on a book called Trill by Lindy West, and it is loosely tied to her experiences. So then that's why that's what's discussed in that show. But I do a hundred percent agree with you that there should just be shows where the lead is plus size and that's nothing to do with her being plus size. She's just a human because there's clearly a billion shows where the lead is straight size and they're not having conversations about her being straight size. (laughs) Right.
1: And even like, I'm going back and watching all these Netflix, like um, Moesha and like, the ones that I used to watch, like growing up, like sister, sister, and you see the way they talk about weight and the way they talk about the plus size, like technically the bigger girl, that's like the friend. It's -hmm. just like, no wonder, like we all, or at least myself, I can speak for myself, like thought the way that we thought about bodies because it was like, there was an episode of Moesha where like they were calling her biggest butt and she was like upset and she felt she had to lose weight. Like, Mm -hmm. compared to now that's like the thing you want and like the girl that was like a little bit heavier and more petite i wouldn't even honestly call her even plus size. i don't even know what size she could have been eight she they were like calling her fat and like as a bad thing and just it was just so different that programming Mm -hmm. now to watch it back Mm -hmm. Um,
0: yeah i mean that kind of stuff existed in really everything and and still you know there's there's jokes like that i mean this is totally like a tangent in in the types of content we're talking about but one of my favorite late night shows is Stephen gobert and oh my god does he make a billion fat jokes and i hate it so much every time he does one i'm just like oh ruined this entire little rant that you want on that was so expertly done right that it's like deciding to make fun of somebody's weight at the end of it like come on you're clearly smarter than this like can we not
1: yeah <laughs> I can't stand it definitely it's like it's always been a personal project of mine too to like find media that also makes jokes about like eating disorders or there was something that i watched the other day i don't know if it was like girlfriends or what but like talking about like oh the girl was a model Oh, no, it was the game. And the girl was a model. And they were like, Oh, she probably like throws up after she eats anyway, like, as if that's like a normal thing to say, like, you can't say that. (laughs) And you also can't give those ideas to people. Like, I know that was part of the reason that I went in that direction, because there were like things giving me ideas and also in a way, glamorizing it because you put it with models, you know, so Mm. just that annoys me too, that people would still make a joke about like a disease like you No. Yeah. you're not like joking about really like cancer and things like that like you, you shouldn't and you wouldn't so anyway
0: well <laughs> i mean we're clearly, the, the fact that we're i mean uh, my my example was a very uh still current example but the fact that we're talking about a lot of these um specifically like sitcoms and movies where this happened in the past it doesn't really happen anymore i think that does show that there is a swing in the correct direction you know i mean change is slow and incremental so we just have to keep doing what we're doing and hopefully keep pushing media to catch up and 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 it will um but you know nothing changes overnight
1: yeah um i have a question for you actually i don't uh, know i know we're like wrapping up probably but do you think that like social media will like that like die down or like instagram or like facebook like anytime soon will just be done like it'll or there'll be Mm. a new thing or i'm just curious what you think about that
0: um well i don't think it like anytime soon they're just gonna go away I do think that people are starting to have a lot more conversations about how they're being run Mm -hmm. and how they were built and what we can do to combat the negative effects of how they were built. Um, Even like coming from the people who literally created the platforms and then left because they felt like it was toxic. They're all now kind of speaking out. So I think changes will happen hopefully next year when we no longer have a fascist as a president um yes (laughs) hopefully there will also be some governmental changes i know there's a lot of um democrats who uh, are looking to like break them up a little bit because as of right now they're just really like giant conglomerates and monopolies um and that can get uh tricky um obviously i'm not a you know professional on those topics but it is something that i read about and i'm interested in and um so i don't think that they're just gonna go away anytime soon especially not the big ones like facebook and instagram Mm. um but i do hopefully see in the future somewhat near future them morphing and shifting and hopefully coming to some kind of accountability and um changing in a positive way yeah okay
1: that makes sense yeah (laughs)
0: um so before i ask you how people can follow you could you maybe give a little gem of um motivation or kind words or quasi advice for someone who maybe to try to figure out modeling or trying to figure out social media and like is literally just starting and just like doesn't doesn't feel like they know what they're doing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um one thing I posted about today was, you know, not waiting to start making steps towards something. You know, I know I waited a long time. I thought I had to have the most professional photos, the most professional camera, everything had to look perfect in aesthetic wise a certain way, or, um, I had to have to start modeling a certain body type or a certain size or certain shape. All of that is not true. Um, and anytime I did eventually start going in a direction for modeling or influencing, I wished I'd started years ago or months back, you know, I sort hmm. of put myself in that in that realm with YouTube, I always wanted to do YouTube for like seven, eight years, but I was like, I need the right camera. I need the right, this, I need the right that. And now, you know, kicking myself that I didn't just get going, start, do your best with whatever you have. um, Start faking it till you make it, you know, um, you don't have to have a million followers to start Making yourself an influencer, like if you have a hundred followers and you really want that to be where you go, then talk to them like it's a million. Like who cares? Like mm-hmm. you know, don't worry about what people may say about you or whatever. You know, you just go after your goal and don't wait to start. Is I think the biggest thing.
0: Wonderful! I think that's great advice. Sure. So,
1: where can people follow you on the internet? You can follow me at Bella Bombshell. One L. Because I was so stupid at that time. Like when I started it. This will be my little story. I uh, I started it for bur- burlesque. Like, I was doing burlesque at the time. And I made my burlesque name Bella Bombshell. And I just put one L at the end of Bombshell because I wanted it to be, like, a last name. Like, Bella. Like, oh. like I didn't want it to be, like, a real word. I wanted it to look like a name. Mm-hmm. Um, So now I'm just kicking myself in a way because I could have probably had the real bombshell, the whole word. But, uh, (laughs) you know, it is what it is.
0: Is that your handle on on all platforms or just Instagram? Or are there any
1: changes Um, between? Pretty much. I think my my TikTok, if TikTok's even allowed, I don't know what's happening with that. But oh,
0: that just got blocked by a judge. But it's going to be continued to be allowed for now.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: I, I think- judge ruled that um in unconstitutional. So,
1: oh, it, okay. yeah, I
0: brought that up in a previous episode as well, and i th- I think that episode's going to come out before yours. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I recorded an episode the weekend that he, just, you know, made all those threats and, whatnot, and I was like, so who knows what's going to happen? But just today, uh, my husband told me that they a judge um, marked it unconstitutional. So, so for now, you can okay. still get TikTok.
1: You can still tick and talk because it's very entertaining, too. But I think my username there is like bellbombshell underscore because you know, okay, things like that. But mostly that is what the brand is, and um, sticking to it
0: wonderful. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me, Stephanie. Thank you,
1: so fun. I enjoyed it. Hope you
0: enjoyed listening to this episode of fashion for all please be sure to check our show notes for information and links to our guests and their work be sure to subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform of choice and leave us a rating or review on apple podcasts to help others find the show for more smart glamour goodness you can head to smartglamour.com and follow us on facebook at backslash smart glamour and instagram at smart underscore glamour thanks